I am honored greatly to have the opportunity to stand in this pulpit with our pastor gone and I think about all the great preachers who have stood behind this pulpit and delivered life-changing messages to me and to so many other people. So for me, it's just real humbling to be asked to do this. And I don't take it lightly. And I have done my work on it. And now it's up to the Holy Spirit. So we'll trust him that it's going to be a good thing. I want to start by saying that <clears throat> I'm probably the world's worst joke teller. And I'm also probably the world's worst storyteller. But tonight I'm going to do both. So y'all just be charitable and bear with me. And by the way, if you want to hear a really good storyteller, if you've never heard David Howard speak, you got to come Sunday because he's one of the world's greatest storytellers. And he's, he's, a, he's a dynamite guy that it's just a pleasure to sit and listen to. Well, the title for my message tonight is Choose Life. And it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. And we're going to read those in just a minute. But before that, I'll tell my story. Well, actually, before that, I better tell the joke. So maybe that'll loosen me up to tell the story. <laughs> there was this airplane. These four people were flying in this airplane. Just four is a small airplane. There were just four people flying in it. And they were flying along. Well, it was uh, the pilot and a computer whiz, and a pastor, and a young boy. They were all in this airplane. They were flying along about 12,000 feet, and all of a sudden, the engine stopped. And the pilot tried and tried to restart it, but it just wouldn't start. So he informed the, the other three folks that they were going to have to parachute out. So they started getting around the parachutes, and they discovered that there are only three parachutes for four people. So that's a dilemma, right? Well, the pilot, he jumped up and says, look, I'm married and I have four children. I have got to be saved. So he took one of the parachutes and he jumped. And then this computer whiz, this is a guy comparable to Bill Gates or Michael Dale or, Dale or some of those folks, you know, and he made the statement that, you know, he had this huge intellect that the world needed he need, the world needed all his ability to be able to save the world, so he took one and jumped. So the pastor, who was up in age, said to the young boy, he said, Look, my life is almost over, and yours is all before you, so you take the last shoot, and you go ahead. I'll be okay. And so the boy looked at him, and he said, Ah, oh, don't worry about it. That computer geek just took my backpack and jumped. choices this is about choices y'all were very charitable I'm glad you laughed many years ago uh, I can say that because I'm 75 years old so I can say many years ago um, we our boys were young this was probably in the early to mid 70s and our boys were both young and we decided to take 
we were at Sarah's folks' house, and they owned a farm out in the country. And so I was taking the boys out to this farm. We were going out there just on a little sightseeing trip and all that. And so we got out to the farm and uh, did what we were doing out there. And when we started back, I, I told them, I said, look, guys, let's take a different way home. And Sarah remembers this very vividly because, you know, this, this farm is about five miles as the crows fly, crow flies from their house in town. And it took us about 10 minutes to get out to the farm. So we decided, they thought, oh, yeah, this would be good. We'll, we'll take this little sightseeing trip. And so we did. And um, when we came to the first turnoff, I just knew that was the way we were supposed to go. So we took that turn off, and it led to a dead end. And so we turned around and came back and went up the road a little ways and took the next turn off, and it turned all right, but it turned a way that we didn't want to go. And every intersection, you got to remember, this is in the mid-'70s in the country, and there were no road signs. There were no, and most of the roads weren't paved. They're gravel roads. This is in the country. This is in a real country. <clears throat> and you also have to remember that this was in the mid-'70s. There were no cell phones. And there were no pay phones <laughs> where we were. We were in the country. <clears throat> we should have been home in about, you know, even taking detours and stuff, we should have been home in about 30 minutes. It was three and a half hours. And we missed supper. <laughs> And you know how young boys are. They don't like miss, mix, missing supper. And, you know, I was, my pride got in the way. You know, I was a macho guy. I wouldn't stop at one of those hundreds of farms that we, well, hundreds is an exaggeration, but dozens of farms that we passed to ask directions because I was playing the big man for my sons, you know. Well, as you can guess, I wasn't the big man for quite a while, and I still haven't lived that trip down. And I tell that story because, as I told you, my message is about choices, choosing life. Uh, turn to Deuteronomy 30. And God is so good, you know. He, if we will listen, he'll tell us everything we need to know. Look at verse 15. It says, see... I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. That gives you a clue right there. In that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you do not hear and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give them. You know, God is so good. He not only tells us what the choices are, he gives us the answer to the question. It's an open book test. 
All we have to do is listen to what he says, and we have everything we need. Well, you know, I told you about that road trip. Our life is kind of like that road trip. What we are today, this minute, is the sum total of all the choices that we've made in our lives. Now you think about that a minute. What we are today is the sum total of all the choices that we've made, good or bad. You know, a lot of people who, when they get in trouble, they try to blame their environment. You know, I grew up, I had a bad home life, I grew up in the slums, I did this, I did that. They blame it on their environment. But everybody has choices that they have to make no matter what their environment. And you'll see two people come out of the same environment, and one of them will have a good life, and another one will have a bad life. And the reason is, one makes good choices and the other one makes bad choices. And, you know, we also see siblings. You know, sometimes they're twins. And one of them turns out really good and the other one turns out really bad. They come from the same family. They have the same genes. You know, everything's the same. But one makes bad choices and one makes good choices. So we can't blame it on, on our, our families. It's not other people. You know, it's... It's, it's not what others have said or done to us that matters. It's how we choose to respond to what they do or say to us or for us. And we all have the same opportunities to make good choices or to make bad choices. And some choose rightly and some don't. And it's not our circumstances. And I, I wrote this down and the Holy Spirit had to give it to me because I'm not smart enough to do this. But this is a really important uh, statement here what we are is not a result of our circumstances rather our circumstances are a result of what we are and then what we are are the result of the choices that we make we can change our circumstances by the choices we make we're not limited to our environment we're not limited to our family we're not limited to our background we're limited by what we choose to do with the choices that, that, that confront us. And sometimes choices are real clear and sometimes they aren't. But the choices are there. And we make hundreds, if not thousands, of choices every day. And a lot of them we make really unconsciously. You know, we don't really think about them. We just, it just comes into our mind and we choose to do something. <clears throat> and that's kind of like that road trip, you know. You take these roads and they don't have any markers or anything. You don't really know where they're going, but, you know, it looks good, so we'll do that. And that's kind of what I did on that road trip. <coughs> and believe me, like I said, I'm still living that down today. So how do we choose? How should we choose? Well, often we make our choices without a goal. You know, we just decide that, well, let's do this without really thinking about where that choice might take you or the goal that you might set for yourself to make that choice toward. And that's like shooting a gun without a target. No telling what you're going to hit. So when you make choices without setting a goal, you know, you're just shooting willy-nilly random and no telling what you're going to hit. And sometimes we make choices without signs or guideposts. Also kind of like that road trip. So how, how do we get the signs? How do we see the signs? And how do we see the guideposts that we need to see? Well, they're all in the Word. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. 
In 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All Scripture is given for inspiration of, by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for... Uh, I can't read my own writing. For doctrine, reproof, instruction in righteousness. So there are guideposts in God's Word. We just need to be in God's Word to find out what those guideposts are so we make good, good choices. And you might say to me, you know, I can't look in the Word every time I'm confronted with one of the hundreds of choices that I make each day. And that's true. You don't have time to look in the, in the Word every time. So that's why it's important to be in the Word on a regular basis so that you get the Word in you so that when those choices come up in front of you, you're ready to make the right choice. I'm having to hurry because I'm trying to fit a 45-minute message into 30 minutes. So, if I get to going too fast, somebody just raise your hand and say, slow down or something. Not following God's word gets us onto unpaved roads and unmarked roads. And that's always trouble. Um, they don't have too many of them around here, but in Kansas, where Sarah and I grew up, in the country, there are lots and lots of unpaved roads. And when we have a big rain, like we've had a couple of times in the last few weeks, those roads get real difficult to maneuver through you got to have a good four-wheel drive or you got to you got to have a good truck that has mud tires on them y'all know what mud tires are guys know what mud tires are we often make our choices without communicating with the holy spirit you know it's kind of like uh on that road trip, there were no cell phones or anything. You know, there was no one to call for advice. There were plenty of farms, but I was too proud to stop at them. But there, there was, I couldn't make a cell phone call. Look at 1 Corinthians 2. First Corinthians 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. You know, the Holy Spirit is no further away than a thought. You know, you, everybody now carries their cell phone. They got it real handy, and people whip them out all, all the time, you know, not just to make phone calls, but maybe to Google something or, or to uh, check the Spurs scores or, or, or whatever. You just whip them out and get all this information. And the Holy Spirit is even closer than your cell phone. Your Holy Spirit is within you. And all you have to do is have a thought. You don't even have to say anything. You just have to think toward the Holy Spirit. And if you'll listen, he'll talk to you. If you'll listen, he'll give you good advice. If you'll listen, he'll give you good direction. <clears throat> and often with pride. We often make choices with pride, like I did on the road trip. I wouldn't stop and ask directions. Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, Pride goes before a fall. And believe me, it went before my fall in that deal. Uh, I endured probably <laughs> probably an hour to an hour and a half of steady razzing over that. And you know what? 
I had it all coming. I deserved every bit of it. And sometimes we make choices without repentance. You know, repentance just means to turn around and go the other way. When you're making bad choices that are leading you down a bad path, before you can take a new path, you have to turn around. You have to change the way you're going. You have to make choices that change the way you're going. And often without counsel. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. And I, I think about all the time and effort and wisdom that our pastors impart to us not only on Sunday and Wednesday, but in meetings and, and uh, counseling sessions that he has with our people. And anybody in this body that's, that's getting ready to make a big choice and they don't seek that wisdom, you're making a bad choice not to seek that wisdom. It's really important. You need to ask advice or get directions. Now, I'm saying all this, I don't want to paint a, a really negative picture, and you may say that, that, you know, I'm already a long way down that road, I've made a lot of bad choices, and I'm in a bad situation, and I don't know how to get out of it, you know. Well, as I said before, there's only one way to get out of it, and that's to stop and repent and start making good choices. And what we need to remember is that choices are cumulative. If you make a bad choice, then that leads you in the direction of making another bad choice, and another bad choice, and another bad choice. The good news is that the opposite is true as well. If you start making good choices, it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier to make good choices because it shows you the light. And you'll begin to see that, the, that those choices are profitable and the other choices are not. So take a, stop and take a hard look at where you are and ask the Holy Spirit for revelation about that. And then, you know, it's one thing to ask the Holy Spirit for revelation, but it's another thing to really be still and listen for that still, small inner voice that will speak to you because the Holy Spirit will speak to you. I have to tell you that even if you're not born again right now and the Holy Spirit isn't in you, He still will speak to you. I can testify that hundreds of times that I didn't recognize it was the Holy Spirit giving me good information before I was saved. I can look back on them now and know that it was the Holy Spirit telling me those things, but at the time I was too stupid to know. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Be still and listen. And then, you know, make the, make the decision, a conscious decision, to begin making the right choices, to begin to turn around and make the right choices. And if you're already making the right choices, apply these principles anyway because it'll help you to make better choices as you go along. Uh, set your goal. Look at Matthew. Goals are important. Can you imagine a, a team like the Spurs playing without a goal? 
they wouldn't get many points, would they? You have to have a goal. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven says, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And you've heard Pastor Bert talk about this and talk about this and talk about this. This is the great commandment. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And if we begin from that premise to make right choices, it'll be so much easier to make those choices. Set your goal. Two, seek godly counsel and the leadership of God's word. Look at Proverbs 4. I'm doing good. We're going to make it. Proverbs 4. It's in here. Proverbs 4, verse 20. It says, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Godly counsel and the leadership of God's word. <clears throat> Excuse me. Next. Check your friendships. Check your friendships. I've done quit preaching and gone to meddling, right? Check your friendships. 1 Corinthians 15, 33, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Version, says, Do not be deceived or misled. Evil companionships, communion, associations, corrupt and deprave good manners, morals and character now you may think that you know if i befriend these people that aren't living a godly life that i can change them but you've heard pastor bert talk about getting connected with the one to bring the one in he's also cautioned us not to be too friendly with them not to be too much into their lifestyle because you'd be drawn into it instead of you drawing them out of theirs. And, you know, it's not, this verse is not talking about casual acquaintances that you talk to, the, the person at the convenience store that you have a conversation with, or the, the person that you meet in Walmart or something like that. This is talking about people that you associate with on an ongoing basis in a close relationship. That's dangerous territory. They will corrupt your character if they don't have good character themselves. So check your friendships. And then watch what you say. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And you've also heard that from this pulpit from Pastor Bert many, many, many times. You have what you say. So we have to be careful with our words, not flippant. Not just throwing words off, you know, because they sound good or they're cool in, in this age. You know, I, I hear people using the word wicked all the time to describe something that they think is good. That's oxymoron, you know. I mean, that makes no sense whatever. I mean, we know that wicked means twisted and evil. And they're using wicked to describe something that they think is good. So watch what you say. What you say is really important. And then choose life. 
You know, we read Proverbs 15 to 20, and verse 19 is it. You know, God tells us to, to, to he set before us good and evil and in in life and death, and then he gives us the answer. It's an open book question. Choose life. And if we couldn't do it, he wouldn't tell us to. We can. I know that sometimes it's difficult to make good choices when you're in a box, when you're in a, in a tight place, and you have to make a quick decision. Sometimes that's usually when we make the, the bad decisions is when we think we're under pressure. But you've got to just step back and seek the leadership of the Holy Spirit and not get pressured into making those kind of decisions. If you're born again, you have the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5, 23 says, We have love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, and self-control. That last one's really important in this, in this topic that we're talking about here. You have self-control if you're born again, but it's like a muscle. Chad can tell you about muscles. They get better the more you use them. And, and self-control is the same way. The more often you make a choice that, that enables you to exercise self-control, the stronger your self-control gets. So exercise your self-control. Make godly choices. Remember, what you are today is the sum total or result of all the choices you've made in your life. And where you are tomorrow depends on the choices you make today. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that you give us the choice. You not only tell us what the choice entails, but you tell us how to choose. We pray, Father God, that we'll be motivated to seek the information in your word to help us make the choices we need to make. And we pray, Father God, that you'd give us the leadership of your Holy Spirit to enable us. We know, Father God, that without you, can we, we, without you we can do nothing, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.